This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing podcast with three soccer-loving idiots who don't know when to shut their dumb potty mouths. So listener discretion, yeah, it's it's pretty much advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of Espanation and Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 185, The Red Shredding. Yeah. So, I'm just going to launch into it with this voicemail that we got. <laughs> Yeah, I'm seriously, New York Thread. Uh, yeah. I think that's a... That <laughs> up. We could just end the show. That was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else is there to talk about? Yeah. I, I have no idea who that is. Uh, they didn't leave the name, but Seeing Red did start that. Seeing, Mark Fishin did start his very own show the same way, so it's probably not Mark Fishin, but, you know, just theories. <laughs> theories. I, I thought it sounded a little bit like Dan, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> Dan, Dan Forestine. Maybe. Maybe it was him. Maybe it's just a mystery person. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. All that matters is the Red Bulls absolutely destroyed New York City SC. Yep. And I'm still enjoying it. How many days later? That's oh, fantastic. <sighs> almost almost seven days later? Yeah. A- anytime, oh a, anytime a new article comes up pointing out either something about you know history being broken or how uh, NYCFC sucks across the board between front office, uh, ownership, fan base. It's just all fantastic. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, the story just, they do just keep coming out every day. YouTube mm-hmm. videos just keep popping up every day. Yep. yep. I mean, you know what, the, the I mean, seeing red, I'm sure many of you have already listened to seeing red, but all oh, the memes, the t-shirts, it's just uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful. Oh, yeah. Wonderful week to be a Red Bull fan. And for all the former Red Bull fans who now root from Smurf City, I mean, that that, that voicemail kind of just uh, says it all. Good thing you traded your shirt in, right? Oh, yeah. I, 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 trade. Oh, everybody, if anybody showed up for a trade your jersey in day when they did that in the city. <laughs> no take these vaccines. Before we get into actually talking about the game, predictions, I have to gloat because I'm the only one who predicted a win. Did you predict 7 nothing? No. Get over yourself. Because nobody would have predicted 7 nothing. <laughs> and, like, and, like, either Truman or I are disappointed that we're wrong this week. Right, seriously. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn it, my 2-to-1 loss didn't come true. Well, let's, let's just... Take it. Let's just think of it this way: uh, They scored a goal in the or the previous two games. Yeah. Who's going to predict seven nothing? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I predicted one nothing, so that tells you something, right? I, I, I didn't even predict two for the Red Bulls in this game. Oh man. Oh, by the by, by the way, I just you know because I, I feel like before we even attempt to analyze, we should just like. Is there even a, do we even need to analyze? Honestly, it was just like. Uh, you know, anyway. we'll, we'll start talking about stuff that we like, but I mean, I just figured I'd throw some comedy out there uh, if I could find it quickly. I think seven nothing was the comedy, but okay. Oh, there, there's some more <laughs> because the comedy keeps coming. You know, that's the best part about this. Is uh, let's see if I can find it. Is it Prelo? His comments? No, well, he's hilarious too. It's actually one of our <laughs> favorite, our favorite uh, quote unquote pundits. Or somebody who you know pretends to be a pundit on uh, on that NYCFC. Nick Chavez. Uh, that would be him. <laughs> um, uh, I can't. I can't seem to find it. But I. It's probably a good did, thing. He definitely tweeted something along the lines of like, "Once we have our own state soccer-specific stadium, then we'll finally be able to compete in this rivalry or something along those lines." And it's just like. It's going to be a while, isn't it? Because you ain't getting one anytime soon. 
What? I don't even know. Where do we start? Where exactly do you start? I. In the third I, minute with Dax McCarty's header? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I got numbers, stats, things, notes. You know, so, uh, uh, how about this? Uh, well, you think about it. I'm going to rattle off a few stats. Okay. So, obviously, everybody knows by now, biggest win in MLS history. Tied. Tied. Oh, sorry, tied for biggest win in MLS Three-way history. Three-way tie. Okay. Uh, biggest win in team history. Yep. Nice. First ever game that Dax McCarty scored two goals. Yes. <laughs> Uh, first game in which Brandon Allen scored in MLS, nice. and most watch MLS game since October 2014. Nice. Well, here, here's some more stats. Uh, first time three substitutes have scored in the game. Uh, that's right. I, I, I forgot about that one. Uh, Red Bulls scored off of four set piece goals. Yep. Three which headers. That never happened. Three, three right? corners. Uh, I don't think. I don't believe so. I think, yeah, I think they said that's. Never uh, happened. It was. Who's ever scored off three corners? It was two two direct off of corners. One was a rebound off of a corner, and one was off a set piece that right. was almost like a corner. Almost, yeah. You know what's really funny about that too is that we were playing on their field where they're supposed to be used to all those dimensions, and the Red Bulls clearly were the team comfortable playing that tight. Oh, clearly. Yeah. The, the other goals, by the way, uh, the Red Bulls gained possession in New York City's half every time when those when those goals started. High press, baby. High press. It's uh, it's yeah. I mean, no. what else? What else can you say? It's just fantastic. It's 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 a great week to be a Red Bull fan. Uh, to see that kind of domination. Uh, it's all. It's almost as if the Red Bulls could lose the next two matches this season, and it wouldn't matter because we we have seven nothing. <laughs> we had on that one until uh, we played yeah. each other in what in July or whatever it is. Exactly, exactly. Is, is that like the mid-season equivalent of winning a title and giving like a three-year grace period to whatever happens after? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much have a grace period now. You know, it's, it, don't get me wrong. I hope we pound them into the ground the next two games as well. But you know, it's it's uh, it's it's just such a delightful. delightful week. I, I'm thinking instead of doing likes, because I want to keep this on the high note before we start talking about. Well, the bad stuff that happened. There was uh, bad stuff? Oh, wait, never mind. The, the, yeah, and we'll get into that. Um, I guess this is, if we want to do likes, is there, like, one moment uh, in the game you wanted, like, pick up? I mean, I have a moment written down. Do you guys have, go like, a particular? It. You go first. All right, so Red Bull's up one nothing, and in the 35th minute, it was getting a little chippy. Uh, McNamara does that sweeping, quote-unquote, late tackle on Dax McCarty. Hmm. And... Uh, all hell kind of broke loose there. There's all that pushing and shoving. Things got started getting really testy. Yeah. And I don't know. Was that the point where this team was like, "F these guys. We're gonna now just roll over them." Because that was 35 minutes, and it was still one nothing. Oh yeah. And then, and then you're talking only in 10 more minutes, they scored two more goals in the half, mm-hmm. and then scored five minutes into the second half, and then what? Five minutes later, after that, so. Not the team to mess with. Not the team to mess with in that game. I think something about that that play, mm-hmm. which could have been. I don't know. I've watched it a few times. I thought it could have been a red card suspense, maybe a suspension. Other people are saying no. There was just like a late slide, but that was the old sweep the late Johnny right there. Yeah. Uh, but they got man, they got fired up after that. Oh yeah. And it was just it was it was pure domination after that moment because uh, NYCFC had chances. Earlier, like they had a couple chances here and there. Maybe they had two after that. Yeah. I think they had like one or two shots on goal for the whole game. Right. And, it two, yeah. and one came late in the half on that Robles save where David Villa got the ball right in front of Robles and shot it. And Robles somehow yeah. saw that ball and made the save. But I don't know. You see something like that, team got mad, and then the team decided to just um, never let up. Yeah. Uh I mean, yeah, it's hard to narrow it down to any like. I mean, I guess I, mean, I thought it was kind of funny that when around the 60th minute of the game, the bar I was at, there happened to be two NYCSC fans. They were gone at the 60th minute. And uh, I guess the one thing I can enjoy about that is if they had actually lasted the full game, I was going to buy them a drink. So, you know. <laughs> so, hey, sorry, NYCFC fans that left the bar. Um, okay, that, that's about at least like four minutes longer than most of the fans. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, again, 
the the entire way. The, the comedy of uh, both Pirlo and Lampard just not getting it and like opening their mouths, like you know, Pirlo. Although he has a point, especially in his tiny field, about like you not having time to operate because it's a very physical league. Uh, and that, oh well, and that's you know his point because his field is garbage. Um, probably should have taken that into consideration before he signed. And then Lampard being, you know, just, uh, you know, completely tone deaf to like, hey, they don't realize how hurt it was. It's like, hey, man, you take your licks from the fans and you deal with it. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's just so fantastic. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm sure, maybe, I'm sure I'll think of something. The Red Bull should apologize for not allowing Pirlo to play the ball wherever he wanted to. It's true. It's you know, true. they should issue an apology this week. Uh, let's see. Two shots on goal by NYCFC. Nine by the Red Bulls. <laughs> Nine. Set and seven went in. So Josh Chandra's had the same number of saves as Luis Robles. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Joshy. It's amazing. Um, let's see. What other good moments are there? Oh, you talk know, about Gorilla Deacon, that defender out of his pants, uh, and making it fall down. That, was that, that whole sequence, like... You know, it's funny, that that happened, he digs the guy, the guy falls over, and in my head immediately I said, they better score on this, because if he doesn't score, because you had the member of the Lampard play, of course, last year, him not making Lampard, and they scored after that. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to score a goal here, because you just made them look like idiots, and sure enough. Sure enough. Sure goal. enough. <laughs> uh, let's see, the traveling Red Bull supporters uh, out singing everybody else in the stadium? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was clear as day on TV. Yeah. Well, the the musical sheets I think got lost at some point, <laughs> and when uh, they forgot them, yeah. uh, lost or lost or used as a a way to wipe up the tears. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's just so many good moments from this game. You can talk about how bad Josh Saunders actually was because he was awful. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that was some wretched goaltending, and I'm very happy about that. But he. He looked like me and Ned, like not even knowing what was going on half the time. Yeah, like he actually got his hands on the first Bright Phillips uh, goal and couldn't keep the ball out. Right. Um, he, he had that late reaction to the bicycle, very late. Which, and honestly, that should never have went in. Like that was a slow-moving ball, too, after Bright Phillips got his foot on it. Yep. Um, I mean, four set-piece goals, like if you're, not, if you're the goalkeeper, any I, – I would – most set piece goals I put on goalkeepers, and to put four, allow four in is just insane. Where's your defender on the far post when Verone scores? Where was yeah. he? Uh, he was about two steps behind Verone. So he took a nap. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Nap. He's how probably about, like, uh, it's not worth trying anymore. How about Jesse telling Verone exactly where to go to score that goal? <laughs> Told him where to be, and sure enough, it happened. <laughs> How about on TV, Jesse's mix of Spanish and English when he everyone was going in the game? Oh, excellent! <laughs> muy, muy. But he told him, he's like, go here, you will score a goal, sure enough. Oh, yeah. Patrick Vieira just speechless at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, he, just... I heard he's a real quality human being. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> you know, because Jason Christ was the problem last year. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why get, why get, you know, you might as well get rid of a quality manager to bring in a guy who's new and never done it before. But it's well, MLS. It's MLS, first, so, you know, it's fine. And, and, you know, it, was only, it was only the team's first year. Expectations were high. Right. They were supposed to win MLS but, Cup last year. As you, but, as, but, you know, NYCFC is not a farm team, so. Yeah. No, no not at all. And, uh, you know, as the title of their documentary about their first season was called Win, you know, because they did so much of that. Should be called Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> How about the Red Bulls' goal differential going from what, whatever, minus six to plus one? Uh, Red, Bulls, Red Bulls went from minus six to plus one. <laughs> NYCSC went from plus one to minus six. <laughs> nice. That's pretty hilarious. That's pretty hilarious. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Uh, Red Bulls man. went up to third in the conference and could, in theory, tie Philadelphia for the lead if they win this weekend. Mm. Yeah, because Philadelphia drew last night. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if the Red Bulls were to win, they would, I think, be they would actually be technically in first because they'd have one more win than the Union. Yeah, uh, what a uh, bad that, conference. 
Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, like apparently some Red, some New York City of San, fans didn't uh, get that you know this week is kind of like it should just be a shh, just shut it, just 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 yeah. shut it. Still running their mouths because they're still saying pulling the whole twenty years no cups. Well, hey, we can always just say one game seven goals. So, oh, there you go. You know, let's make that a banner. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of which, how is it that only? I, I say this because honestly, like there were some really beautiful goals. Like, how did only two of the Red Bulls goals make goal of the week candidates? You can only pick so many from one game. Exactly. <laughs> you got to give the rest of the league a bit of a shot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I didn't put them against each other. BWPs should clearly win, mm. although I didn't look at any other goal because <laughs> I could care less. I could care less about any other nominee. But by well, it's fan, it's it's fan voting, so you know it's not going right. to win. No, of course not. If, if Seattle scored, then clearly no. I don't think Seattle scored this weekend. But the Portland Uh-oh. scored because that works too. Uh oh. For all, for all, it's funny that you're like so excited. Like, it's, for all you know, somebody could have gotten like superpowers this week and like levitated. And just like, nah! and scored that way, and it'd be amazing. But you wouldn't know because you didn't watch anything. No, I, I, you're absolutely right. I have no idea what happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I like the fact that Fox, and I honestly did not realize this going into the podcast last week, that um, the game was on Fox because they had the FA Cup final right, right before it. Right. So I love the I love they pushed it back so everybody could watch the devastation. Okay, you know, I, I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to mention because I – a lot of people said that it was ridiculous that a MLS game got pushed back a half hour for that. But I will say, for people not at the game, I was fine with it. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I got I got to watch it. I didn't have to flip to FS1 to watch the first mm-hmm. half hour of the game or whatever. You know, I know it, it's hard to explain to players, oh, by the way, there's another game on TV, we got to push it back, but it's not really the first time that's happened in games. I, I mean, a half hour is big. I usually see, like, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a lot of time, but... I mean, they've done in the playoffs last they year. Do, they do in the playoffs for all sports in America. Right. I mean, you know, so it's just kind of like... I know people trying to say, like, oh, it makes MLS minor league, look minor league, but it makes a lot of sense. You want eyes on the game, sure enough... They yeah. got that. I was going to say, how many people stayed tuned in because they pushed it back? Right, exactly. And basically, and basically allowed the coverage to happen. Right. Like, if they just cut to a game in progress, do you think as many people would have stayed? Probably not, right? Cause no, no. Been like, well, what the hell's going on? I'm not going to start watching the game from here when right. at this point it would have yeah. been one nothing already. And then they're like, oh, welcome to welcome to those who just tuned in. It's one nothing. The goal will score in the second minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Click. Yeah. Uh, Alright, before we get to the stuff I I know you guys want to talk about something else Before we get to that though, we do have another voicemail Alright Tommy from Bayonne Calling to tell us how the get together went Hey guys, Tommy from Bayonne How about that game the other day Uh, We had a great time watching it We had a lot of good snacks and stuff My mother's friends loved it (laughs) I I got one question for you I have one question I've been dying to ask you guys is, um, so who scored the touchdown for us on Saturday? <laughs> a touchdown was scored in a baseball park during a soccer game. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, who threw, who threw the pass? That's the, Did Grella throw the pass? I think he did. I think for the most part, Grella did give, pass. We give, do we give Grella the – or who do we – okay, Grella or Sasha is, was the quarterback of the game? Uh, um, let's, let's, but right, Grella made a man fall down. <laughs> Maybe Grella is the running back? I don't know. The halfback? Yeah, I, I go with that. Yeah. Right, 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 Phillips, right Phillips is the wide receiver. <laughs> Grella is the running back. Question is the quarterback. And what you saw on uh, that goal where he fell down, it was a, uh, a halfback pass. That's what I was trying to think of, a halfback pass. There you go. <laughs> and Mule, Mule was that, uh, he was the um, Matt Barr of the team. Yeah, Matt Barr. <laughs> kicking, one, kicking one right through the uprights. Yeah. The leg and that, honestly, it's not an easy goal to score. So. No, well, how about BWP pretty much getting manhandled in the box, mm-hmm. just nicely turning and distributing that, bar, that ball right to Mule. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was fancy. That was fancy. It was so fancy. Where's that song? Bring it up. Bring me some Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, 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 so I, I, I know 
this is something else you guys want to talk about, so. Time right. To get, time to get angry and sad. So, so the bad news, and we all know what it was, is that when you give uh, fans an extra half hour to do nothing, they decide to get into stupid half-semi-brawl-riot-hooligan bullshit on the streets. Because they watched a movie. And what did we, we talked about it last week, that idiots like us knew something was going to happen. And clearly the NYPD had no idea that something like that could happen. Woefully unprepared, unfortunately. Yeah. So, and then I'm getting reports of um, the police not only doing nothing, but shoving Red Bull fans, uh, pepper spraying random people, uh, derogatory uh, names by the police thrown at fans, and I am not going to get any descriptions. You can go find it online. I don't want to go into details. Uh, Disgusting and disgraceful. Uh, allowing Red Bull fans to get off a subway uh, stop and immediately be assaulted by Smurf fans. Immediately. Bottles thrown, whatever else. Flares, whatever the hell was going on. Smoke bombs, shit getting thrown right off the bat. Yeah. And then them, these idiot fans walking up and instigating. And from what we saw from video, that was pure instigating on uh, the Smurf fans' part. Now, of course, we don't see what's going on before that. I don't know. I Whatever. But... If someone is instigating me, you know, you just you're not gonna like go after them. You just kind of walk away. Yeah. And really, I didn't see any real Red Bull fans going after people. No, they were, from from what I saw in the video, any anything the Red Bull fans did was the, in defense of themselves. Right. Not that I agree with violence, but I mean, well, you, you throw you throw a blue smoke bomb at me. We're probably gonna throw it back. I mean, that that's gonna happen. I'm not, I'm not I'm not advocating for Red Bull fans to throw punches. I'm just saying, right. from from what I saw, it looks like they were trying to defend themselves. Uh, it's not uh, a good thing, but... I definitely don't give our fans a pass. And, and, I mean, some of the instances you heard about where they're immediately attacked and they get off the train, that's one thing. Uh, the Red Bull fans that were in that video, I don't give them a, fa- a pass. They were clearly an organized group looking for shit, responding to shit. Um, it's the stuff that just makes our sport look bad. Um, well, you know. depends on the video, I guess, right? Because well, there was one but, video where where dude bro and his shorts ran up. I mean, that's <laughs> that one uh, was pretty hilarious because yeah, he was going to do something with all the police were around, you yeah. know. Dude, there was dude bro, and then there was mass. There was two mass groups approaching each other on River Street, where one cop. Hey, look, what was one cop going to do? I mean, you can't <laughs> in that one situation. You mean, I can't say that to that one cop, like. Like, I mean, he certainly did kind of stand off to the side, but at the same time, it's like if he got in the middle of it, he may have well just gotten himself hurt. Um, you know, they talked about it in senior grad. I definitely think NYPD was woefully unprepared. Hopefully this means in the future games in Yankee Stadium, they will understand uh, the magnitude of what's going to go on. Uh, but in the end, I, I blame the fans more than anything else. I mean, they, we should be able to – we should be adults. We should be able to self-police ourselves. I mean, come on, don't go to a game looking for a fight. It's so fucking dumb because you watch some dumbass movie that was made about the West Ham United fans. Oh, good for fucking you. I mean, come on, you're like, ah, soccer, that means I'm supposed to fight people. Oh, you fucking idiot. It means you're supposed to go watch a game and have some fun. I mean, other sports don't have this problem. Why does soccer have to have this problem where organized masses of fans need to fight each other just because the color of the jersey is different? I mean, come on. You know what? You probably are both hooligans because you both watch the same stupid movie. Hey, that was a good movie. <laughs> it might be. Let's not make fun of the movie. I like that movie. Don't blame the movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it, it just it, it drives me up the wall when, when I see this crap because, it, it, again, it's a black mark on the sport, you know, in, in the end. And it's just have some common decency. Don't – because the cops aren't there, don't be like, oh, then we can fight here. No. Like – be a grown-up. Put on the big boy pants and don't fight over a stupid sport. Right. If you got to defend yourself, defend yourself. But that's where it should pretty much end. Mm-hmm. And I thought last year, uh, the one game at Yankee Stadium was... That went pretty well. And that was very well organized. That was fine, yeah. Um, like I said, I was, you know, I don't know where they let everybody in this time. It didn't seem like the same spot that they let them in last time. I'm sure someone can tweet me and tell me I'm completely wrong. Um, but last year was very well organized, and there was no issues, none. Minor, tiny little things, you know, whatever. We were going to get any game. but So I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm just hoping the NYPD learned their lesson 
and treats this like it should be treated, where it is a big event. You know, get more cops out there. Do your job. Mm. You know, I'm sure it'll be a completely different scene at Red Bull Arena because we know their security does a great job, you know, getting fans in and out without any issue. All right, so with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have on with us Aaron Bauer of SNY. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome onto the sh- show today. Uh, he used to write for us at OnceMetro.com. Now he is writing uh, about the New York Red Bulls over at SNY.TV. Aaron Bauer. Aaron, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Actually, because we had you on last year. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Glad to be back, guys. You uh, moved up from one What was that? What was that? I think you. I think you moved up from Once Metro. You took a step up. <laughs> uh, I, I guess so. I, I, I took a I took a job that is that gives me a little bit more flexibility because uh, there you go. things have been very busy down here. So, <clears throat> so for the sorry, for, real quick. So for those that don't realize, uh, Aaron's in Brazil right now covering the Olympics for the website Around the Rings. That's what he means by down here. <laughs> yes, down throw. here, literally in another hemisphere. <laughs> Nice. Sorry, Pat. I interrupted you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got I got a question right off the bat. Um, what's with that article by uh, your, your cohort at SNY, Charlie Freyer, about uh, NYCA say Red Bull fan hate calling Seeing Red the biggest Red Bull podcast? Um, I am not in charge of any editorial direction, and <laughs> found out that as soon as you guys did. I I mean, I don't know. Charlie seems like a cool guy, I guess. I've never really talked to him before. He just wrote that piece. So I, I don't really have any opinions outside of that. I demand that article be taken <laughs> down. Put, you should probably guess on the let him know. Yeah, what, what you got to do is let him know that if he really wants to become a big-time reporter, he comes on our show, then we make him famous. Yeah. You, you guys can always reach out to him. I, I don't really know how to contact him. He showed up in our, our Slack channel once, and then I haven't heard from him. So... <laughs> That's not on me. Alright. Good. Okay. So uh, we gotta start actually talking about uh soccer about of course the Red Bulls uh just absolute destruction of New York City FC seven nothing uh in Yankee Stadium this past weekend. What what is your first thoughts as the, that game was unfolding? Like were you just in like utter disbelief? Like did do you seem like this is like the way things should go? Like, how were you feeling about that? Oh, me? Um, well, you're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was I was actually not supposed to slated to watch that game. I was supposed to to go to an event down here, and Brendan, my you know co-writer over there, was taking care of everything. But uh, I've been I've been kind of like off and on sick the past week. So I, I, I watched the game, and I was, like, lying in bed sick after, like, covering an event that morning. It was, like, dead tired. So I wasn't really paying attention much the first half. And, you know, I, I obviously saw Dax's goal three three minutes in, and I was, like, really happy, and things were great. And then, you know, fading in and out. And then all of a sudden we scored two more goals, and I, like, I, I legitimately wasn't sure if it was a fever dream or not. <laughs> it like it, it like woke me up, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch the second half. We're up three nothing, you know. It, we from what I can see, we're looking to play well, and it kind of gave me a little bit more energy. And you know, I mean, it, the the small field just played into our strategy, which is give the other teams possession, force counterattacks, force turnovers, just be relentless off the ball, so that creates mismatches for us to take advantage of. At you know, Yankee Stadium. Being such a small field is, like, perfect for that. And you saw it right off the bat um, in the second half. You know, we were relentless in forcing counterattacks. We got that corner, which, you know, Dak scored again on. But really, the, the biggest goal of the night for me was when Bradley Wright Phillips forces that turnover and finds Alex Mule to score it to make it 5 nothing. 
And that's really, you know, that was consistently the first time we've had our game plan, I guess, outside of the FC Dallas match, which was the only other overwhelming victory we've had this year. So, you know, we prepared all week for it, and we had a system in place, and we just we let New York City FC play what they thought was their game, but it really just clicked into ours. And, you know, that scoreline wasn't even indicative. We could have had 10 or 11 goals that game. It was just utter, utter destruction. Well, looking at a team that's still a couple games under 500, uh, but a team that did score seven goals, how does the Red Bulls use this game as motivation to really get their act together and going back to being the team that they were last year? They were supporter shield winners last year. How do you continue to use this game as motivation? Um... That's a tough one because this is such a such an such an out there game. You know, everything was kind of a perfect storm that came together. Um, I mean, I really think the players are going to be fired up because of David Villas, David Villas. Sorry to pull up Francesca's um, <laughs> comments. And you know, I mean, it's they're going to use anything to stay motivated because you can you can get complacent after a 7-0 win because it just seemed like everything was working well. And, you know, this team still has holes. This team still has flaws. This team is trying to run a system that MLS is prepared for on the, rather than last year. So, you know, I, I mean, it it kind of makes everything on paper look like everything's a little bit even even out. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I think this the overall, if you look at the numbers now, we're a 5-7-1 team with a plus-one goal differential. That seems pretty par for the course for how we played all year. Whether it's been we've had a chunk of really bad games and a chunk of really good games, we're kind of at a net even right now. And I, I think going forward, what we have to do is we either have to continue to look at our flaws, which are the back line has been a constant rotation, but we're finally starting to see someone in Aureli and Colin take control of it. But we're still having injury problems, and we haven't put in all of our attackers, such as Verone, consistently. And, you know, Sam has looked kind of like he's plateaued from last year, and Gorella, as great as he is in short bursts, can be consistent. So I think going forward, it's just we, we need to keep looking at the tape from all of our previous matches and keep scouting teams ahead, and we just need to be proactive. So a player who's kind of stepped up. Well, okay, let me let me just talk. I just want to bring Tom back up real quick. Yeah. Because he is one of my greatest arch enemies in MLS. How huge has he been in these past few games? Um, well, I guess against Orlando, when he first made his debut, it was kind of roughshod. And against DC, the whole team has played really poorly. But if you looked at these last two games, he's been a top three player on the, the team on both of them. And it's astonishing because he's kind of taken up that Paranel role, but almost more as a, a as a pure coach for the back line to get everyone rigid and in position. And I think it's worked better well with guys like um, Lade and Lawrence because both of them are just, you know, people are going to fault Lawrence for his, you know, mediocre play of late and that's that's deserved because he hasn't been as good as he has been last year but in this system they he's supposed to be going up so high up the field as a pure wingback and Connor Lade's just a motor on the other side so both of those play really well and you have Colin who's working with Duval who isn't a center back just being a coach making sure the two center backs are in perfect position that allows your wingbacks to go up and down the field as they see fit and can cover for it Whereas Lade is not necessarily as much as an offensive type player as Lawrence is, who's looking towards making that cross into the goal. He's just looking to be a ball of energy up and down that field the whole way. That's not to take anything away from Lade pushing up, but they are two different styles of players. But we're starting to see maybe now, if we replace Chris Duvall with Gideon Baugh, we're starting to see a back line that can you know, form an identity together and really work within the system. Um, but at the same time, Colin is kind of an aggressive center back and he's going to give up a lot of free kicks, which could lead to pressure on the other side. He has completely stopped all counterattacks. You, you didn't see David Villa 
getting behind him at all, anything dangerous. He's he's very rigid, and it's 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 nice to see in this back line because Miazga and Perinel just had so much chemistry with each other and knew each other's strengths and weaknesses, whereas Colin has kind of come in and just acted like a coach right off the bat and formed some stability that we needed. So you mentioned uh, Kamar Lawrence, and uh, he was on the bench for the New York City SC game, and some people were questioning if that was due to his recent play. Uh, his... his um, Agent online, actually, that this his agency representative representative agency uh, came online and claimed that he was injured and that's why he wasn't starting. Um, is there any indication, uh, one way or the other, as as far as you know, if it was more of an injury, if it was more of Marsh saying, you know, maybe you just need a break? Because uh, especially with him being called up for Copa America, I know he's going to be playing a lot of games in the near future. Um, but is there any indication of what was going on on Saturday with that? I mean. We can either take Damani Ralph at face value and say that, you know, he was injured, and that's a strong possibility because he's looked off, or Marsh just felt that, you know, Laid on that side would have done a better job and he wanted to give Zizzo a chance to redeem himself. Um, You know, both, both could make sense, you know... It, it's tough for me to say because I'm not around practice. That's that's something you can really pick up talking to players, seeing how they are on the training field and just, just being around them. That's that's one of the insights that, unfortunately, I lack compared to some of the other writers, that I'm viewing everything purely from afar, and I am you know trying to email the team questions when I can. But for me, it, it just seems like both explanations made sense. You just have to like, establish some kind of psychic... Connection with Eric Chalk and that he just sees through his eyes drinking not a problem. I can't establish a psychic connection, unfortunately. Um, Brazil's <laughs> infrastructure does not allow for that. <laughs> but well, I, Brazil I, clearly I, has a few things going on down there still. We, ha- we have many things going on down here right now. Uh, um, I mean, it, that, it, it's an interesting question for sure. Because teams are very, they, they, they like to keep injuries as proprietary info for a lot of good reasoning because it, reporting on injuries is very tough from a media perspective because what needs to be reported is, you know, it, is, it should be public knowledge that players are not on their top form because they're injured. But at the same time, that allows other teams to prepare with a guy maybe playing when he's not at full strength. So it's a fine line that organizations have to walk. So I think I think right now we just have to wait and see if either it's it's a minor injury that he just needed some rest and he's going to look great in Copa America, or he may get crowned down there and that'll have a long-term impact on our season. So we'll see. All right, unrelated to Red Bull, but I'm actually very curious. Next year down in Brazil, uh, you know, there's, a, of course, been discussion with the Olympics going on and things aren't going well. What I want to know, what's up with all the World Cup stations? Are they just, they just don't care anymore that they give up on half of those? Well, okay, that, that is, that is a, a multi-part answer because of how soccer is set up down here in Brazil. So there is a national soccer league, uh, the Brasileiro, and that is happening right now, and it has four tiers with... Promotion and relegation. But the qualification for the fourth tier is very interesting. So imagine if to get the right to play in, let's say, the NPSL or the PDL, if they were one league, but your entry was defined based on regional league play. So let's say you have to be like a certain ranking in the Cosmopolitan League in the New York, New Jersey area. But instead of the Red Bulls playing in MLS all year, they played the first half of the season in the Cosmopolitan League. So you have these state leagues in Brazil that have much more teams than the national leagues do, but your standing in the state league determines on whether some of the smaller clubs make it into the fourth level on the national league. So while the World Cup was, you have to remember now, the World Cup was given to Brazil in an era where the country had a lot more money than it did in 2014 even. So they wanted to embrace the rich soccer heritage all over the country and bring it to some of these cities that don't necessarily have top-level teams but would give the region of that country a chance to like celebrate the World Cup. Now, if you're flush with oil money and you're growing at a rate of 
three to five percent a year. You can take a chance on an infrastructure project like this and hoping that it sparks stocker development in an area like Manaus, for example. So Manaus is in the heart of the Amazon. And I will defend that stadium to death because I understand why Brazil did it. They, it's it's a beautiful city. I am going to visit it the second I am done with like my assignment down here. I'm planning a vacation up into that area, into the Amazon, because it's it's got such a rich, unique culture, and it's so different. And there are a lot of people out there. But the problem is, you know, top flight soccer has never existed in the state of Amazonas because it's so remote and it's so hard to get to. So it's 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 lagging behind like crazy. So Manaus is one of the biggest cities in Brazil, but there's no real soccer history there, for example. Now, you're starting to see them come up with different ways to use the stadium, such as concerts and, you know, other events that are holding there. And, for example, the semifinals of the Rio de Janeiro State League. Now, Manaus is like a four-hour plane ride from Rio de Janeiro. Two of the top teams in Rio played a match there because the top, the biggest two soccer stadiums in Rio are being renovated for the Olympics. Engenal, which hosts Club Botafogo, and the iconic Maracanã, which hosted the final of the World Cup. Now, Flamengo, the biggest club in Rio, and Vasco da Gama, who has their own stadium, but it's, it's like very old and falling apart and only holds around 20,000 people, were set to play in the semifinals of the Rio State League. They held the game in Manaus because there's a huge following of Flamengo up there. They sold the stadium out for the first time to play two teams in Rio de Janeiro, and it looked fantastic. I, I, I'll try and send you guys pictures of this. They had the stadium filled to the brink, half with Flamengo fans, half with Vasco fans. It was the most outrageous like atmosphere you can see in the world. So, yeah, there's no soccer team there, but they're trying to come up with uses for these other stadiums. Now, some other cities, such as Cuiabá in the southeast of Brazil, you know, it has a Serie C team, which is the third level. You know, it, they're losing money, and unfortunately, the stadium from Brasilia is the one that everyone's going to point to, because that's where the opening match was held. And FIFA has a requirement of you need a 65,000-plus stadium to host the opening match of the World Cup. And, you know, the backroom deals that got that stadium there are kind of sketchy and there's really nothing to do in Brasilia because the country's capital was kind of carved out of the country's highlands to move it away from Rio de Janeiro to be like a politically center city. It's like a planned city. It's almost what Washington DC was, but it's like in the middle of absolute nowhere. So yeah, that there are some examples of the stadiums like kind of just rotting and it's really bad, but at least for some of them, like, they're just trying to touch every part of the country. Like, the Olympics are going to announce. They're going to host some of the football matches there. But you're right, it's, it's, it hasn't really helped the country overall. It was, it was a giant mess, and now what is the question? So that doesn't really well, answer, I, but I'm trying to explain I, because it's, it's kind of complicated. I know a certain team that plays in MLS that's having trouble finding a place for their own soccer stadium. <laughs> Just saying. Well, if, if, if NYCFC wants to go to Brasilia and have an 80,000-seat soccer-specific stadium and hold MLS matches there, it would probably be just as outrageous as my team here in Rio, Flamengo, playing their Brasileiro matches in Brasilia because the Maracanã is under renovation for the Olympics. <laughs> I think, uh, think NYCFC NYC fans have to cross water to play in Brasilia, so I don't think they can. Oh, that's, that's true, yeah. yeah, yeah they, they, don't don't have to they also have to cross the equator, so I mean, <laughs> we'll see if they can handle that. <laughs> Let's uh let's circle back to the Red Bulls cuz the Red Bulls do have a game coming oh. up on Saturday. I know, I know. This is a Red Bulls podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about it eventually. Um so the Red Bulls do have a game coming up on Saturday against Toronto FC. Uh last game before the uh break for the Copa uh America tournament. Uh Sebastian Giovinco's going to come in with Toronto FC uh without Michael Bradley um the Rebels will be missing Kamar Lawrence, and I think it was a bond guy called up for. Can't and TN. I can't. Although wait. he has not been with the senior team much, but he is called yeah. up for the Copa America. Um, not that a bond plays much, but you know that is still important to note. Um, what do you kind of expect to see out of the Red Bulls on uh, Saturday? Do you think they'll be able to counteract the Toronto team that kind of uh, 
you know, played, you know, sat back and just hit them hard on the counter in the first week of the season, or do you think they're going to be able to use the high pressure system and uh, break through on the Toronto's defense? I, I legitimately wonder which two you're going to get, and that's a really good point because Toronto played us perfectly in the opening match of the season. They were disciplined, they were controlled, they picked their spots, and it worked out in their favor. But at the same time, you're going to have a team without Michael Bradley, but you're also going to be counteracted with probably the most something to prove Giovinco in MLS. He is going, if he is not out there looking to score a hat trick, he is either looking to, to score five assists because he just got snubbed by his national team manager publicly on the record. So that is that is going to be something to watch. Um, the absolute MLS MVP last year, who has continued to show that he is a top player in MLS, has something even more to prove now. And, you know, I wonder if him being able to cut into the box could disrupt Gideon Ba and could disrupt Aurelian Collin. So he is going to be the one player to watch because he can change an entire match, and this would be the match to do so. But, you know, I hope and, not. Yeah, I hope not, too. And another thing to note is, like, Toronto has only played one or two matches all year at home this late in the season because their BMO field was, like, under renovations. And MLS is a a home field advantage league. And the fact that Toronto is basically just slightly better than us in terms of point per game, having played one or two home games all year, is really frightening. Because the back half of the season, they are just going to be home the whole year. And that is going to play into their favor. And, I mean, as of now, they're still, in my mind, the team to beat in the East, even though they're fourth in the conference right now. So I, I expect a good game. I, I'm hoping that, you know, the Rebels, who have been playing phenomenal at home, continue to do so. And I, I, I hope we remain defensively sound. The back line will probably be laid by... Holland and Zizzo. And Zizzo hasn't looked great this year, but he can he and Lade can get down the wings and if Ba and Colin can stay defensively sound, you know, I mean Dax is gonna be sitting back this game uh, a, a bit more. And we're just gonna hope to be able to to get some space for question because that's when he's at it. So uh what is your prediction? for the game on Saturday. Do you think the Red Bulls are going to be able to win, or do you think that Toronto is going to be able to once again defeat us in our own house? This is going to be an unpopular one, but I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw. I think, <laughs> I I'll, think Tor- I'll accept the draw. I'll accept the draw. That's all right. I think Toronto is going to score early, and then the Red Bulls are going to score once before half and then a second in the first half of the second half. And I think we're going to see a gut punch after the 89th minute with Toronto scoring again. So last question. Uh, if the Red Bulls l- lose this game going into the break, do you think that the NY... Because we, t- we talked in the first segment about kind of like a grace period after the seven-goal after seven goal win. If the Red Bulls lose going into this, um, or going into the break, do you think that the NYCFC win will help kind of uh, dissipate whatever feelings the Red Bulls fans would have had about the loss? Um, I, I, I think win, draw, or lose, this team is going to be upbeat going into the break because that is just how they have projected themselves. Jesse Marsh, as frustrating as he's been from a media perspective of trying to pick something to wonder if we need to make a wholesale change, he's, he's been pretty steadfast. And I'll give him I'll give him a lot of credit for this. He he's very cerebral in that he's in tune with the psychology of this team. He knows that I I don't want to say they're a fragile group, but he knows that he's got a message that the locker room will respond to, and he's always going to to publicly say that things are under control because I I don't, I don't think there's a divided locker room. I, I don't know why there ever would be, but I, I really do think these guys, even when they lost four in a row. There was kind of a sense of, well, we've been there before, so it's not the end of the world. And I think I think Ali Curtis knows that MLS is won and lost in September, not in May. So no matter what happens, there's another transfer window. You can always make a shakeup with this team, as he did. He wasn't afraid to trade for Colin, who was seen as, you know, over the hill in MLS, getting slower, kind of a liability. 
and it's shown that he's doing his due diligence. You know, I think he could have done more in the off season, but I will say that he's not afraid to tinker right now. So I think overall this team, regardless of what happens, is going to come into the break with the same mindset because they already have a plan for what they're going to do over that two-week break. All right. Well, uh, Aaron, thanks for taking time out to talk to us today. Uh, where can people uh, follow you when you're writing online? Um, well, they can every day check out sny.tv slash Red Bulls, or you can follow me on Twitter at, at abauer underscore ATR. Um, it's kind of a hodgepodge of thoughts regarding the Red Bulls when they're they're playing and um, my Olympic thoughts down here because most of my focus right now has been interesting situation that Brazil has been going through ever since I moved down here last July. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Aaron, thanks once again for uh, coming on the show. We're going to take a quick break and we'll have more Red Bull rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Once again, I want to thank Aaron Bauer for coming on the show, and you can read his stuff at sny.tv. So, Red Bulls are hosting right before... This is their last game before uh, a break during the Copa Central America uh, group stage. The Red Bulls will be hosting Toronto FC at home on Saturday, May 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern start time on MSG proper, because it's summer and they have nothing else on, apparently. Uh... (laughs) So let's get right into some of our predictions. Pat, you're up first. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Uh, this is kind of actually a tough one to predict because you kind of uh, – you, you have to think there's going to be a bit of a hangover from the, you know, how awesome the game was this past weekend. I mean, I think I'm still hungover from that game, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it's a, it really all comes down to how quickly the team can put that – amazing experience behind them and focus on and how quickly they were able to focus on this upcoming match against Toronto FC. Um, you know, TFC right now is tied with the Red Bulls in points, so there are no slouches. They already beat us at home. Granted, the, the team that the TFC beat is not the team that is on the field today. Um, they TFC will be without Michael Bradley, which is uh, always good. Um, so, I don't know. It's a tough one to call. I'm going to err on the side of the Red Bulls are back, you know, back to being what they, they were last year and the, the dominating side that doesn't really lose at home. So with all those precautions, I still think I'm going to go with a 2 nothing win for the New York Red Bulls. Well, thanks for picking mine, but that's fine. I can, I can always change it. Uh, go first. I, I think, yeah, we're going to change that one of these days. One of these days <laughs> we're going to change that. But um, I... I think the hangover is with the fans. I don't think the hangover is with the team. I think you enjoy that for the weekend, and Monday you get back to work. And this team has to use that game as motivation. And, like, plain and simple, you can't put up 7 nothing uh, against a, a rival and then drop another home game to a team that already beat you at home. There's just no excuses for it. There's no excuses. Like you said, this is a totally different team. This is a team that's getting healthier. This is a team that's definitely better in the back. I mean, clearly better. Mm-hmm. Um, there shouldn't be any issues there. I think the only issue is that they can't shrink the field to play this game. I think that's the only problem is they can't make it NYCFC-sized. <laughs> that, that's kind of a letdown. Um, got, you know, they're going to have to kick a little bit longer to get those corners. So... I, I, you have to win. You have to win this game. There's no other game you're looking ahead to. You got two weeks off. You're at home. You came off a huge win. I think you absolutely, absolutely need to get this one. Uh, I'm going to say three-one for the Red Bulls. And if they don't win this game, I, I'm going to forget about seven nothing. I personally will forget about it because it'll mean nothing. Because now then you're then again what three games under 500. Yeah. You know. No, no real excuse to lose this game whatsoever. No one's suspended. Nobody's hurt. People are healthy, motivated. I, I don't know what else do you have to have to win. Don't know. So, um, even though I think a Toronto FC is going to come out very tough, um, 
Sebastian Giovinco is going to be in this game because he was stubbed by Italy, and I'm pretty sure that's going to get him a little bit motiva- extra motivation this week. But I think also, taking into account that Toronto is kind of coming off of a homestand after being on the road for so long after opening BMO Field back up after the renovations. So I, I feel like they're going to be in kind of a weird place of like being home for a while and then having to go back out on the road is going to like throw them off a little bit. Uh, I think, like Truman said, the Red Bull players will be able to get up for this game. Uh, I think it will be a hard-fought victory for the Red Bulls. Um, the high pressure, I think, is going to work. Uh, not work as well as we saw against NYCSC because, honestly, a smaller field helps the Red Bulls with that style of play. Um, so I'm going to go 2-1. Uh, hopefully, Brother Phillips decides to start scoring against teams that did not enter the league in 2015 because we <laughs> need more of that. Um, uh, so I think a Hartford victory, going a, a nice uh, boost going into the break Um because when they come out, I know it's going to be a heavy schedule with United States Open Cup and MLS and then eventually CCL action. So get this win now. Get some, get a little bit of uh, momentum going into the break because you'll definitely need it coming out. Um, so that's why I think it's going to be 2-1 uh, to the Red Bulls. Uh, so time for the dumping ground. Um, is there anything that you guys would like to talk about? Do we have to talk about yet? I mean, uh, we got, I got, I got, Stuff. I got stuff here. Some stuff. Stuff Because I have stuff. Go for stuff. Uh, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, could do stuff first. I'll go with. Uh, you're gonna talk about America, Pat. America. Okay. You gonna talk America? Wanna, all right. Well, let me let me just mention a few things here. Uh, Sky Blue lost last week, so that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, lost five uh, two. They played this Sunday, uh, seven p.m. against Chicago. I'm predicting another loss because, you know, no one likes playing in Chicago. Yeah. Red Bulls know what, knows what that's like. Mm-hmm. And uh, upcoming June 5th, since there will be no Red Bull game during the break, there will be a Red Bull 2 game. And actually, hey. there will be a, there's actually going to be a Red Bull 2 game after the TFC game, right oh. afterwards. So if you guys uh, you are not doing anything on a Saturday night after the game, why don't you stick around and watch that game too? Uh, but you, Yeah, right Is after. Like 9 o'clock. Yeah. Like ten o'clock, I think. Yeah, it, it's according to the schedule. It's being played right after Red Bulls game. So unless they change it, but that's what I'm seeing. Anywho, uh, June fifth, which is a Sunday, four o'clock, Red Bull two is going to be playing uh, right over in my area in Bethlehem against the uh, fake Bethlehem Steel team, which is of course is the Union's minor league team at Goodman Stadium, which is at Lehigh University. We are gathering people to come out for this game. So if you're on the fence, come on out. You won't be the only one going. I will definitely be there. Pat, I think you're definitely going to be there. Yep. Uh, there's going to be some ESC people coming. I think some, like a few GSU people, Viking Army. I, I, I don't know, but I know there's going to be people coming out for this game. So if you really, really, really want to make the Bethlehem Steel feel bad, <laughs> come out. We'll have a big group, and we'll out-sing and out-clap and out-whatever uh, the Bethlehem Steel fans, which I, like I will enjoy thoroughly. <laughs> uh, so why don't we talk about America? Uh, and I, I got a couple other notes here, but we'll go over those afterwards. Go cool, America. All right. So yeah, uh, you know, last Sunday was a very boring game against Puerto Rico. Uh, most of the guys that were on the field uh, aren't even on the Copa roster. So I mean, I think the, really the only purpose of that game really was to give a uh, economic infusion into Puerto Rico. Uh, and that didn't seem to work because it didn't seem like there was anybody really there. So, uh. What was with that? What field was that? What stadium was that? That's where. Puerto was that the Pro Rico, Cricket Stadium? It's where Puerto Rico FC actually plays or whatever the NAS. What was wrong with the stands? It looks like it was a baseball uh, it's stadium. A former ba- it's a former baseball okay, stadium. Okay, because that was weird. It is, it is actually supposed to be a soccer specific stadium now. Well, they got uh, some changes to make there. Yeah, yeah. Boy, oh boy. So uh, that was a boring affair. Not much to talk uh, about there. Uh, Tim Ring scored. Uh, that's right. Oh, that's right. True. There is one note there. Former Red Bull Timmy Ream uh, opened his USA account, which was uh, definitely a night. Probably the one nice thing about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, last night was an interesting one against Ecuador. It's like the first real friendly leading up to the Copa America. Uh, and the uh, interesting storyline to come out of this one would be that the veterans. You know, Clint Dempsey, Jermaine Jones, Kyle Berkman uh, were kind of meh 
for a half, and then you had your kids, Bobby Wood, Christian Pulisic, uh, Michael Bradley moving back to the six, uh, you know, Alejandro Bedoya playing centrally. I mean, uh, your kids, uh, Darlington Nagme, the kids came on and, uh, the game changed. They were played prettier soccer, uh, had a better attack. So, uh, that's the big storyline, I think, coming out, especially with the Copa America right here. Uh, is it time to move on with the U.S. national team youth, uh, which I think has been a long time coming since the guys I had previously mentioned are on the wrong side of 30. So, it's, uh, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday against uh, Bolivia. See, what, uh, see who Jurgen Klinsmann starts. Are, are you talking about the Copa America tournament that uh, no one watches, according to Mike Francesa? Uh, no one cares? Uh, no, no one watches soccer here in America? Yeah, but nobody, nobody's going to go to these games. I don't know why it's on my uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, uh, Villa? Villa? Oh, my God. One more year, everybody. We have to deal with that idiot. One uh, more year. That's such a boob. You know, for a guy who doesn't care about soccer, he sure talks a lot about it. Yeah, he spent a good, what was it, eight-minute segment on it. Yeah. That's that's the funny thing about it. It's just like people like him who are like, soccer, and nobody cares about soccer in America. Then don't talk about it. Right. You know? What's telling you to mention it, buddy? Yeah, it's just like... uh, The opposite opposite of caring isn't different, and obviously you care a little bit or else you wouldn't have talked. Right. He's like, hey, I want to talk about the baseball and the, 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 and the football. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, it's time for and I, and I And I and I'm about to say this, knowing full well that I could enter this mode and have, you know, 30, 40 years. Didn't he sound like the old man get off my lawn with the whole, why is SI covering this shit? Oh, yeah. He is old man get off my lawn. That's who he is now. Yeah, like, does he, he not, does he not, I mean... I know the answer is probably yes, but does he not realize that traditional media is dying out because of things like the internet? No, no. But oh, Twitter, Twitter he cares. No. <laughs> probably not. He's still getting paid, right? Yeah, of course. The Villa, Villa, Villa. Because my, my, uh, my first thought when he mentioned Sports Illustrated is like, wait, Sports Illustrated, the magazine, is actually relevant? When did that happen? Right. There's one issue a year that anybody buys it for. It has nothing. I don't to think do. it's. I don't think it's been relevant since. Uh, I want to say like the early 2000s when ESPN the magazine came out and started scooping them on what they used to do. Right. And then ESPN the magazine dropped off because people were like, "Oh, hey, the internet's here, and I can get all this for free." Yeah. There's two issues. <laughs> there's two issues people get every year. The whoever won the Super Bowl commemorative issue, mm-hmm. and the swimsuit issue. That's it. It's the only thing people buy. Aside from that, who cares? And the swimsuit issue is just a glorified uh, catalog. Right. Villa? I'd say Pancha Pancha Villa. Is this a Kappa America? Kappa? <laughs> oh, wait. The best part is when he was reading the article, he read the part where it's like, we talk about. It, it, like the same sentence, it talks about like the Copa America and Euro 2016. And he reads it off as if France is going to host part of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like basic English. Like, how did he not understand that? <laughs> anyway, um, let's see what else. Oh, our podcast was listed on MLSsoccer.com. Yay! We is bona fide. And first, because we're first in the alphabet after, you what? know, seeing red and from one or two or two come after us, so. Ah. What, what I found a little disappointing is uh, our friend Dan Feuerstein, his show wasn't on there, not necessarily for the Red Bulls, but New York soccer in general. Oh, yeah. I, I, it took me a, few, a minute to realize it wasn't there at all. Well, doesn't, he talk, doesn't he talk Jets on Feuerstein fire as well? He does, he does. He does, but I, but I mean, I don't know. I just figured that it would still be included in there. Mm. I don't know. I'd like to thank Ariel Castillo for that. I'm, you know. Absolutely. Former guest. Yeah. Fan right, of Lesson uh, Jake. <laughs> fan of the wrong album. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, one thing that's totally not soccer related, but uh, if you're not doing anything Sunday afternoon, uh, New York City, there's a uh, hardcore show. It's a cancer benefit show. I'm going to be there, so that's the only reason I'm bringing this up. Uh, but if you like punk and hardcore music, there's a benefit show. At the Highline Ballroom, it's uh, 20 bucks to get in and $25 the day of. Uh, but the Crow Mags are headlining. Uh, Siv is doing a reunion show, and that will be amazing. Sheer Terror is playing. They are amazing. Uh, Wisdom and Chains is playing. 
uh, Extinction AD, and my good friends who I used to tour with, Nine Lives, are doing a reunion show. I can't even tell you the last time they played. It's probably been, Jesus, uh, probably eight years. Something, Some crazy number was the last time they played a show, so I'm really looking forward to that. So if you're not doing anything on a Sunday afternoon, you live near the city, come on out. It goes to a good cause, and uh, you can fucking mosh. Or be old like me and just stand and, and bob your head and <laughs> kind of do this the whole time. Go, yeah, you know. Yeah. Lose that, too. Yeah, I can't mosh anymore. I'm like too old for that shit. Uh, moshing has made the Murtaugh list. <laughs> um, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's for just throwing whatever's out. Uh, I will be running once again for the 500 for the Fallen Relay this weekend. So if you, somewhere along that trek, see people in red running jerseys carrying American flag, that's probably them. Uh, so it's for, basically raises money for... Uh, Soldiers who are children of soldiers who lost their lives uh, in the military. Um, so that be Iraq, Afghanistan. It could even be like training accident, whatever. And it just basically helps send those kids to college. So um, if you pass anybody with an American flag in a red jersey, give them a horn honk. Uh, although you probably won't see me run because I'll be running during the Red Bull game. So uh, that's oh. yeah, I know I got to record the game. Uh, okay. Yeah, so. And then uh, I guess the only other thing is if you like to be sad, um, you should totally look up the latest anti-drunk driving PSA did. Every 15 minutes kennel work 2016. Check it out. We go for the jugular and rip your heart out this year. <laughs> uh, especially if you work for like a high school or something like that. It might be something you want to take a look at and might be something you want to bring to your high school. So Yeah, you can hire Pat. Yeah, exactly. And you can pay me money. It'd be fantastic. We'll, we'll work for cash and nothing else. Pretty much, yeah. I pretty much only work for <laughs> for cash that can be exchanged for goods and or services. Uh, so, of course, before we wrap things up, Truman, your terrible team of the week. Really? We have to. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious what the answer is, but you have to do it anyway. It's your team of the week. All right, so terrible team of the week. Uh, start this podcast from the beginning and listen to the first segment. <laughs> you'll find out exactly who the terrible team of the week is, so we don't have to get into it again. But if you want, I mean, let's keep laughing it up. Uh, let's laugh at the Smurfs. Uh, you should go check out all the shirts that are now available. I think there's at least four different designs. Uh, ESC made one. Uh, there's one in Empire Soccer. There's a whole bunch of shirts. Come up with your own shirt. That's what we really want to see. People come up with shirts. Put them on websites. Who cares? I want to see shirts. shirts. That movie can't have enough shirts, right? Nope. Can't have enough shirts uh, making fun of the Smurfs for this absolute debacle of a game. Uh, that according to Smurf fans had nothing to do with the Red Bulls. It was just how bad uh, oh, our city was. It wasn't how good we were. But, you okay. know, I guess that was also the excuse for the previous three games. Mm-hmm. You know what? Somebody should make a shirt featuring an image of all the shirts. I like that. Like a, like a stitched together shirt. Yeah. Like a super shirt. A super shirt. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's wrap this one up. Uh, you can visit us at onceametro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Help us by going to patreon.com slash red bull rant, throwing a few bucks our way. Uh, you can email us during the week at redbullrant at gmail.com. If you want to call and laugh at New York City SC fans, talk about your mom's friends, get together to watch the Red Bulls game or whatever. Oh, oh Tommy! Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> you can call us at 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for the show at Doc the Stooge for myself at PMACDA2 for Pat at The Truman for Truman. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or at SoundCloud.com slash Red hyphen Bull hyphen Rant. Last words before we get out of here. Yeah, let's keep the win train going. Toot toot. Win. Win, baby. Just win. All right, so for Pat, Truman, and myself, this has been episode number 185 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates.